wherever you are, you can have some pride in your value that you bring to the greater thing. And the greater thing could be your job, it could be your family, it could be just the freaking world. Hi, we are Colleen. And Colleen. And we have made it our mission to spread kindness and make everyone feel like they belong. So each week we will share real life stories, motivating insights, and helpful tips that will inspire you to live a kinder, happier life. We believe that together we can make the world a much better place. Are you in? I'm in. Let's do this. Welcome to the You Fit Here podcast. Hello. Look at that. Hello. Here we are. We've done it. We have teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, that is what we are talking about today, isn't it? It sure is. Makes me even more excited because this is a super fun topic. Wunderbar. Um, Welcome to You Fit Here. I'm CB. I'm CS. And we are excited to have you back, your listening ears. Um, Did you know that earlobes are genetic? I've never given it a thought. Let me see your earlobe. It's detached. Oh, yeah, that's genetic, whether it's, like, attached or not. What's yours? Mine's not attached either. Oh, okay. But... The ones that are attached, like my son, he almost looks like he's like kind of attached, but I don't think my husband is. So I don't know. But I do know that it's genetic. Also, if you have hair on like this part of your knuckle, that's genetic. Not like the main part, yeah, but the, but next, like the part. next part. Isn't that crazy? I don't. And I believe if you can roll your tongue, that's genetic. Yeah. And do this thing. And do the praying hands upside down behind your back. There's like all sorts of things, That's which you obviously can. Well, I just, I've met people who can't do it. So I feel like. Well, I feel like that's just like a flexibility of your shoulders. Well, it's like I'm not very flexible. So I feel like (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on that though. That's actually my good news is that I'm working on my, my flexibility, not just in my bodily movements, but in, but in my ability to you know, freak out less. Um, yeah. yeah. I like so getting that. some self, self-help books about like, um, flexibility essentially. Is it working? And I don't know yet. I'm okay, but I'm learning. So I feel like you first, you have to learn it and then you can try to apply, implement. Apply your- yeah. Well, I love that. What about you? What's good for you? Uh, the weather, which is an easy pop out, but like the turn of the season just makes me so happy. And do you have this weird reminiscent thing? Cause today, the day we're recording is like one year from the shutdown of everything last year. And I was telling my students this at dance last night that I have this weird longing for those two weeks again, where it was like, we only thought it was going to last two weeks of a shutdown and everyone was just like a permanent snow day and the weather was turning and we were making whipped coffee and freaking bread. And I just felt like we were hunkered down with the TV and our loved ones, hopefully. And like, I don't want a pandemic again, but I feel like we should have an annual like day of remembrance from when the world had to shut down. And shut down for like two or three days because like, oh my God, I would kill for a shutdown right now. (laughs) That sounds insane. I know. But just like that feeling of like, we know it's going to end because obviously this one didn't really end (laughs) all year, but like the beginning phase of it was just kind of like this like adult snow day. I felt like. Yeah. I don't know. I think that the shutdown should be like mother's day weekend. Yeah. Preferably. You know, because I, I'm not trying to be selfish and I know you're supposed to be selfless as a parent, but like I would rather not spend mother's day at sporting events and things, you know, I'm like, Oh, it makes me so happy. Not me. I don't know. I would like a day off on that day. I also feel like they've like sports has just, it's on steroids compared to how it used to be. That now, like, any monumental holiday or whatever gets overruled by games and practices. And I just think it needs to take a step back because it's going to pull the enjoyment out of it 
if it keeps becoming too much for people. Yeah. And even if it doesn't take everything, I mean, everything is just like on overdrive. Right. And if not for the kids, then for sure for, for the the parents and the um, chauffeurs. Yeah. It's because it's, it's just too much. So while I know that a lot of people would say you're crazy, I can totally see where you're coming from. Um, it, it was kind of like a nice, Ooh, this is different. I know. Remember, um, what movie was it? Bad moms too, maybe when she's like, I want to get in like a car accident, but not like a bad car accident. Just like mm-hmm. one where I have mm-hmm. to be in the hospital. In the hospital. That's like the best part of having a baby besides like having the baby. Right. But it's like, especially when you have kids at home. Right. It's like a mini vacation. Like yeah. They will bring you food. I, you no, don't I'm not think about anything. So, but I, I like where she, her head was at with the car accident because she wasn't going to have any more babies either. Yeah. And nor are we. So, but I totally get that. And I personally like have this weird craving for hospital mashed potatoes and gravy. I know that sounds so weird, but like when I would go sit at the hospital with like my grandparents as a kid and they would get mashed potatoes and gravy, I would always want to eat it. <laughs> That is weird. I, I do like the ice, though, at the hospitals. Oh, my God. You need one of those nugget ice makers. I know. Birthdays, fresh Mother's Day. I don't know how much they are or whatever, but. Well, we, we've actually looked into it because our ice maker's been broken for six months. and um, That would be devastating for me. It is. It is. It is. But it's also, a, you know, a, a problem that we're blessed to have because it means we have a freezer and a refrigerator. And I'm aware of that privilege, but ice is like a big deal to me. Yeah. And I want one where you can just like scoop it out with yeah. a little scooper. Yeah. yeah, I know. And, and Doug, my husband isn't even anti it. It's just a matter of, we need like a shorter one for the height next to the fridge. So anyway, we are looking into it. Yeah. That would be exciting. Tell me about it. Oh, Tell me something good. So if you guys have something to share with us. Oh, we didn't share anyone's good news yet. I totally forgot to look at the emails. I know. So did I. Uh, that is my bad. I didn't think about it either. Um, I'm trying to think of just something in passing that we've we've heard from a follower at the moment. <laughs> Here, I'm going to pull up our DMs. Oh, I'll tell you good news. Um, we made our first donation to the Trevor Project in memory of our friend Adam. And we are still raising our funds from our You Are Not Alone collection um, for that. But our first donation was over $4,600. Which Pretty awesome. is amazing. All the freaking support you guys have have given and how much you love Adam. And if you don't know who we're talking about, scroll back into our podcast because he was on our podcast, not once, but twice with his beautiful words and wisdom. So if you want to be a part of the next donation, make sure you check out our, you are not alone collection and 100% of the proceeds goes to the Trevor project. Yeah. And Adam, he knew that we were going to be raising funds, but it turned into something. I think obviously we'd, we'd do anything for it not to have, but in in light of his passing, so many more people jumped on the opportunity to make a difference and an impact in his name. And so we are grateful for that. So grateful. Mm. Oh my goodness. So, so sad, but so grateful. I know. I know. <sighs> I hear my dog. I'm sorry about that. Oh, I don't hear her. Oh, great. Okay, great. So let's just move on then. Great. Um, Okay, so our topic today is teamwork makes the dream work. And we were thinking about this. I don't know what God is thinking about this, but then I started thinking about this because we're at the year anniversary of our shutdown. And I feel like the world weirdly, even though this year was so intense and angry and argumentative and opinionated, I felt like for those first like weeks that everyone was kind of just like, okay, we're in this together. And it felt like this weird peace throughout the country. I could be very wrong, but in my mind, it felt like everyone was kind of like, okay, we can do this. We'll get through this together. And 
it was kind of this beautiful time before everyone got super political and freaking crazy. <laughs> right. And we could, I think we were able to build on our relationships and our quote unquote teams mm-hmm. without having to make a big effort because we didn't really leave our houses. Totally. Actually, and one of my so students last that- week said, I got so much closer with my family that week because we were just reminiscing on like that first week. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so little and you're actually saying this. I was like, oh gosh. I mean, it really is true. Let, blessed be. I'm just going to close this door because I the dog is barking and they're great. I just thought she would be good, but you know, <laughs> some days. So yeah, I, I don't remember what we were talking about either, but I know last week... I had like a mini breakdown in a parking lot at one of my kids' schools and someone kind of stepped up in my life and and suggested, you know, let's, we'll make this work together. And I was telling CB about it and we had already talked about talking about this, but she was like, teamwork makes the dream work. And so we kind of have just been conversing a little bit more about it. And there's so many different types of teams. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember and, now. You yeah. were panicking about something, and then this mom totally was like, I got you. No big deal. And then we got on this topic of, like, you know when you're in that phase when you're the one who just needs the help and people step up and you know who those people are, and then it's your turn eventually to be that person for someone else, and you take that role. And it's like when we all start to think of ourselves as a team, whether it be, like, our country or our small community or moms in general or whatever you feel a part of teachers or I don't know whatever runners when you have that like community and team you build that trust and that like man I can rely on you when I need you and you can rely on me when you need me and it's so freaking awesome to have that yes and I know it was um an amazing mom who has seven kids and it was very humbling I had to ask her for a favor and I hate asking her, but she's always saying, you know, cause she, a couple of her kids line up with some of my kids and one of them drives and this and that and da da da. And so I swallowed my pride and I asked her and she was so kind and willing. She even offered to drive him all the way home, which is completely out of her way. And it was so like humbling for me because I think five is a lot and she has seven. And she does all this volunteer work and this and that. And she's just so thoughtful and generous. And I, this in the spirit of that, I want to be more like that too. But it's, it definitely is something that you have to work on because everybody is busy, no matter how many kids they have, how many dogs they have, how many jobs they have. Everybody is busy and it's all relative. And we've talked about that before. But if we can just build these relationships and just, you know, be more reliable ourselves. Well, and it also probably makes her feel so of value because in her life, like when someone asks me for my help with something, most of the time, like, oh my gosh, like you trust me to like actually help you to, I don't know, give my opinion on this light fixture in your bathroom or whatever. I'm like, oh, meals. You're so good at making yummy, delicious meals. Uh, not any longer. I used to be, but well, just feeling like a value for another person feels so wonderful. And so we may feel like it's a burden to ask someone a favor, but they're probably like, oh my gosh, of course I am a value to someone else. And my father-in-law, he recently retired. He's been a cardiologist for just about a million years and such a great doctor, but that was so his world. And then he retired and I was like, oh my gosh, how do people who retire after dedicating their whole lives to something function? And my friend who happens to be their neighbor was really sick, like just stomach pain, all the stuff. And I was like, you know, you, your neighbor is a doctor and could help you. And they're like, well, we don't want to burden him. And I was like, he's retired now. He would totally probably pay for you to burden him with any form of doctor question because it's like, when that just goes away, you still want to be of value. And when you feel like one of your biggest contributions is gone now because you've retired from your job, I was like, he would love to help you. And he did. And anyways, 
besides the point, most of the time we're not a burden. We're just making other people feel like, oh my gosh, yes, I am a value. I would totally help you. And I can rely on you in return. Getting all rambly, but you know. No, you're right. And I think a lot of times people feel like, well, I don't want to ask if I don't have anything to offer. Mm -hmm. But, but we have to remember that there are people in the world who they're not going to hold that against you. I do, however, think it's important for us to try really hard to offer what we can when, when we can. Yes. And just to keep that in the back of our mind. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll break it down. Okay. For you. Break it down. So, okay, we talk about this all the time about how everybody is different mm-hmm. and different is normal. Mm-hmm. And if that's true, which it is because it is, uh, it lends to what we want to talk about because if we're all different, then we have different things, ideas, talents, et cetera, to contribute. And if we look at our relationships across the board, whether it's under our, our roof, roofs, roofs, at home, Rough. or... Yeah. At work, whether it's virtually or in a workplace, mm-hmm. or our group of friends, or fellow moms, or fellow support group members, mm-hmm. clubs, whatever it may be, um, I mean, obviously, it helps if there's a kick booty leader who is awesome, mm-hmm. but teamwork really is an essential part of a better world. Yeah. So... There you go. And even like thinking of your significant other, like we're a team. We are not at odds. And so whenever CS and I email our printers or people that we work with, we always say, hey, team, because it's like we're a team. We're not like just two people who work for or with each other. It's we're a team. So let's figure this out together. And if we have a problem, we'll get through it together also because our goal is the same. You know, yeah. So, yeah. yes, that's a we, good point. We do do that. Yes, I I feel like it's just opens things up. Like we're in this right now. Not like, hey Matt, I don't even know a Matt. I mean, I probably know a Matt, but it's hey team, we had an issue right. with this. So even if it's a bad thing that like we have to work through, we're still a team working through it together, and that just kind of like sure. puts everyone at ease to be like, okay, we're gonna get through this. Not you mess this up. It's your fault. Now fix it. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, with our working relationship, that is, that is the harsh reality is that there's only one person to point a finger at since there's two of us. <laughs> is but it that common? We'll, talk, we'll talk about, we'll talk about that. Uh, Cause I feel like we've come such a long way and we'll talk about, we'll talk about that. Okay, great. But first we're going to talk about something else okay, that we've me. never talked about before. Oh yeah. What is it? Lie. That's a lie. <laughs> We're going to talk about, because it's important that we try to explain why this is important. Okay. With things that we believe in. Okay. And if by now you have not watched Ted Lasso. (laughs) My mother-in-law just started watching it. I convinced her to. I will no longer, I can't apologize. Now, the only reason I would apologize is if you do not have access to Apple TV, because that is... But I think you can get a seven-day free trial, and you could totally finish this whole show in a day. In one day. Not hundred percent. So. 100%. 100%. 100%. And and you could watch it again the next day. No excuses. Play like a champion. (laughs) No excuses. Okay. All right. So I want to talk about Ted Lasso. Even if you haven't seen it, I promise that you'll learn something from these little points that we would like to point out. Yes. Um, Okay. So as a coach, Ted is not successful because he knows the game because he doesn't, he actually has never coached football mm-hmm. or soccer. Yeah. American soccer. Okay. He's never coached it, but what he's good at doing is diffusing challenging situations and bringing people together by building each player. And then in this really unique way that I wish there was like a model we could read and follow the whole world needs to do that but maybe someday well we just watch it enough times and you'll pick it up pretty quick I think um but we always talk about this so it just wasn't hard to think about a couple examples of how he tries to build the character of his players which in turn oddly enough helps them become a better team Mm -hmm. would you would you like to start with the first point well 
I see your first point and I have to comment on it, but the point is be a goldfish. And we've talked about this before where um, Sam is one of the players and he makes a mistake, which causes one of the bullies on the team to beat him down. And coach Lasso calls him over and he says, do you know what the happiest animal in the world is? Sam obviously has no idea. And Ted Lasso says a goldfish. Do you know why? And he said, he has a 10 second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. And it's like, forget about the stuff, move on, and, like, get the job done. Like, who cares if you made a mistake? You learn from it, and you fix it, and now let's move on. We don't need to sit and dwell in it. And my thing I was going to tell you, I know you don't fancy this show, but on Real Housewives of Dallas. It's not that I don't fancy it. I just don't watch it. I probably would fancy it a lot. Well, you shouldn't waste your time, to be honest. I mean, I, you know, love it, but there's better things you can be watching like Ted Lasso. But anyways, there's a new housewife, Tiffany, and she's talking to her husband about- Where are we? uh, Dallas. Oh, okay. And she's talking to her husband about planning this pizza party or something, and she goes, you know I have the memory of a goldfish. So I'm going to forget this. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the second time I've now heard this. I never heard this before Ted Lasso. So that's all. Wow. Yeah. And this was definitely recorded pre-Ted Lasso. So I don't think she got it from that. I feel like a lot of what Ted Lasso knows is pretty general knowledge. It just happens to be things that I learned only from him. Probably because I was listening and like cared. Yeah, but I've never heard that. A goldfish has a 10 second memory. Me neither. And we both, I think I, I think I can speak for us both when I say we don't want to necessarily forget our mistakes because how can you learn from them and build off of them if you right. forget them? But that's not, that's not what he's saying at all. No, it's like if we sit and dwell on a situation over and over and over again and let it restrict us from doing anything then good in the future, we got to, we have to be able to like move on at some point for ourselves, for other people, for the team. You have to be able to almost compartmentalize, okay, this maybe wasn't something I loved, but I'm going to change it this time and let's move forward. You know? Do you know how to spell seance? <laughs> um, no, but I'm pretty sure that's not how you spell it. No, I know, but I'll remember. <laughs> I wanted to go point by point because once we get to that point, okay. it's more about how even the people who aren't kicking the ball out on the pitch are part of the team and his spiel. So, okay. Okay. So, yeah, I hope everybody followed that. And if you didn't, well, don't be a goldfish. Go back and listen to it again <laughs> and then be a goldfish. Okay, great. Got it. Now, the next thing that he encourages one of his teammates, who we just referred to as a bully because he, he's a very good-looking um, bully, but um, one of his players is a very selfish player. Mm-hmm. How, how else do you describe a selfish player in sports? Ball hog? Sure. Kind of? Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, in I feel like in multiple episodes, he's always encouraging Jamie Tart to make the pass. Mm-hmm. Not not because he doesn't think that Jamie can't score the goal, but because teamwork makes the dream work. Right. And it isn't until I don't want to give anything away, but it is you, you learn a little bit more about the development of Jamie as a human being and why he is the way he is. Mm-hmm. And Ted likes to get to the heart of all of that. And so he does his research and he talks to who he needs to talk to, which is such a beautiful thing. But essentially he does. He, he he does learn that making the pass is is sometimes equally or more important than, you know, being the the leading scorer or what have you. And it's just all in relationship to to teamwork, and it's just the best show ever. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? You wrote, read this book. Are you talking about when he right. hands out books to everybody? Yes. And they're all like, what in the... Oh, yeah. So the coach hands out, gives every player a different book, and... He wraps them. Wraps them up. It's like a present. And then they all open them, and each one is kind of calculated. Well, yeah, but, like, perfect for that role of the team, so to speak. Yes. So, like, he casts this one player as he's basically going to be the leader. Like, he's Mm -hmm. the captain, and he has to take this role where he has to just be the one who is the leader and kind of is, like, the 
old wise one of the group and and the book was a wrinkle in time and he, he wasn't he wasn't gonna read it but yeah. he did and he did and then he finished reading it and he was like oh f or says something because i think he got it he was like dang it he's like i know what my role is and what my job has to be and i think despite our upbringing i feel like especially america is very like you have to be the hardest worker. You have to be busy all the time. You have to be successful. You have to whatever. And it's very much self-centered. It's like, take the selfie. How many likes can you get? Show off this. And unfortunately, that's not how the world works. Like, you can't do all of your stuff alone. And even if you do, that becomes very lonely. So the quicker we learn to just be a part of the team... And obviously still do your things and work on yourself and all that good stuff. But you still have to work within your communities, within your families, within your workspace, within all these other realms of people. Like we're made to be social creatures. And so once you kind of get over ourselves, like get over, you know, then you can see the greater picture and then do better with that. A hundred percent. Yes. And I, I just, everything he's so subtly encourages and points people in in the direction that they didn't even think they existed. Like, what is that direction? And it's just such a cool overlying message, but um, okay. So I actually think that the scene that I was thinking about is um, Ted Lasso really, really, really wants to become friends with everybody from the, the guy, what's Nate's job? What's he called? The manager. Like the manager. But he's, um, he's from, the, the kit. Like the, the, the kit man. Kit man. Low on the totem pole. Washes I mean, uniforms, cleans shoes, all that stuff. Right. Whether it's the guy who drives him from the airport, whether it's Nate, whether it's the, the boss or Higgins, the boss's, I don't even know what his role is, but Assistant. he's amazing. He wants, to, he wants to forge and develop these relationships and the boss who is, she's not mean spirited, but she's just, she's, she's in a midlife situation that makes her an uglier version of her better self. Mm-hmm. And she is just not fond of this biscuits with the boss thing he's come up with. And he explains it like, you have to see it my way is that the team's got a bond and that you're a part of the team and I'm a part of the team. And this whole thing, it doesn't work if we don't work together. Mm-hmm. And it's just so beautiful and poetic and I just, but it is, it's not a team. If the highest up person who even like an owner of a team, which she is, Mm -hmm. if they're not Mm -hmm. willing to actually do the nitty gritty stuff with the team, then the team players are just going to be like, Oh, they just own the team, whatever. We're not really playing for her. We don't care. But when they show that it's a huge family, then it's like, dang, they believe in us. So I want to work extra hard, not just for myself and to be the top scorer, but for the whole team to like benefit everybody. Right. And I'm sure that there are people out there who would probably like fight to the death to dispute this whole like teamwork is, is better. But even like, uh, a, what's up? Let's see a person who plays like Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. So a tennis player who plays by herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are crazy if we think that, that that's all that it is because who, who stretches her out, who provides her with all of her nutritional guides, who is coaching her, who is, you know, providing all of her amazing little outfits that, you know, it's not, it's not just Serena. It, it, it's, I mean, or Venus, which one? I forget. It doesn't matter there's always people behind the scenes and there's so much more to every story. And we have to remember that. And the things that we love and the people we love and the people that we cheer for, they didn't get there by themselves, no matter how amazing or Michael Jordan ish they are. Mm -hmm. And I I think that the best kind of people will tell you that. So (laughs) I'm demoing my house as we know. And I have this whole huge long tile hallway that I'm like, okay, I need this guy to do it. This guy just isn't on my timeline, not responsive. He's a great guy, nonetheless. 
I'm in, you know, a mode of just like having no patience and I'm going to do it myself because I took up tile in the other area and it was super easy. So I go to Home Depot to rent the tool. I'm already a little frustrated at the male species, which not right of me to just generalize the male species in that moment, but I was. And the man talked to me kind of like I was an idiot and like, are you sure you can do that? Yes, I'm sure I can do this. Give me the effing tool and I will prove to you. Do you have eye protective eyewear? Oh my God, I'm going to lose my mind if one other man treats me like I'm incompetent and I can't do this. I will get to this point, I promise. I love it. Then he's like, well, that's a really big space to do by yourself. I'm like, I'm going to lose my mind. So I start doing it. The first layer of tile, which is what I thought I was only taking up, was easy to come up. And I'm like, great. Then I realized there's this whole wad of concrete underneath that has like radiant floor, meaning like the heated floor wires all in it that are then nailed down. So I'm getting like stuck on every spot and just my back is breaking and I'm like halfway through and I'm miserable and I'm angry and I'm certainly not going to call a man at this point to save the day. (laughs) I'm doing this freaking floor by myself and proving to myself I don't need anyone's help because I don't and I can do it by myself, which I did in she sure did. pain and misery. But then I get to like the end of the hallway and I'm feeling really good and like a big middle finger to these people who doubted me, which I fully believe everyone, you can do anything you put your mind to and you do not need someone to come save you or do it for you if you want to put your mind to it. Also, and rent the tools. You can rent the tools and you don't have to spend a fortune if you feel capable and wanting. Obviously, you have to feel like you want to dedicate your time and you can do And that you'll be safe and not cut off a finger. Totally. I had tile ricochet and cut me in the nose, right on the bridge of the nose, but I'm fine. Near death experience. But super proud of myself for doing it by myself and whatever. Then... I'm right at the end and I have to haul all this tile to a dumpster and my back literally just miserable. So I have become friendly with the high school soccer coach in our area who has four strapping young sons who helped me once upon a time to move all this drywall to the dumpster and it was awesome. And the kids can make some cash, whatever. So I texted them. Do they want to come back and make a little extra money to help me move more of this debris to the dumpster that I have to walk back and forth? They're like, of course. So they're doing it, and I start jackhammering, like, the last patch of tile, and the sons are watching me, like, intently. And the coach was like, do you want them to give it a try? I was like, oh, no, I'm fine. And now, mind you, this is my week long of, like, despising the male species, and there's five males staring at me. doing this job and I was like he's like well no they can learn and I was like you know what you're right and they all took turns like learning how to do it and they were even asking me like I was like well you can cut the wire like this and they thought it was cool I think to learn how to do it and then we got through that whole end patch like nothing took no time at all saved my back And I was like, you know what? When I just got over my ego and let these five males (laughs) help me do it. And I helped them, not the dad, but the kids, like do it. And then I felt really good about it. But I was so determined to do this by myself, the whole thing, because I was sick of men doubting me. And I got over myself. And this is the most long-winded way to say that teamwork did make the dream work at the end of the day. But... You bet your butt I went to Home Depot and said I did it all by myself because I basically did. (laughs) Listen, even if they didn't do any of the jackhammering, which was like 1% of it, but it's it's the point of they helped carry the debris out. Totally. So it is, no matter what, I mean, you take the credit because you should, but again, like everybody can lend their talent. I know. Not, Not that that's their talent. We all need to um, put our ego on a shelf sometimes (laughs) and get over ourselves. And I definitely needed to get over myself and, you know, move on. But still, anyone tries to doubt me ever. (laughs) 
I will shove it up your butt and show you that I can do it myself because I don't like that crap, especially when it's a man talking down to a woman. But okay, I digress. These other five wonderful men saved my day and I was so grateful for their help. So let your ego put it on the shelf. Let, let people help. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Oh, God. I'm still okay. sore. I'm still sore. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, uh, I can't. I mean, maybe someday I'll, I'll play with a jackhammer too and let you know, but yeah. I don't see it happening today. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. So ego, set it aside for teamwork for the sake of the team. Right. Um, And then the last point that I would like to make about Ted Lasso and the amazing lessons that he taught me personally, and I think CB too, about teamwork. And this, this wasn't necessarily a pitch to the team, but the fans are part of the team and a lot of fans overheard it. Um, And he explained how if you're curious or if you're judgmental and and not curious, then you're not really going to get to know a person well enough to know what, what they could lend Mm -hmm. to a given situation. Um, This was my favorite scene in all 10 episodes. So I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away, but I think the more we we know this on our Ted Lasso episode, we totally did. But the more that we know and the more we grow, it's kind of like when you feed your body healthy things, you're trying to like get on the right track and then you, if you do it for long enough, you, you learn like, oh, I feel better and I, I'm craving these healthy things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the more we know, the more we grow. And so then the less likely we are to fall into the trap of thinking we know enough. Mm-hmm. We'll always want to know and learn more. And, you know, we'll kind of unravel and uncover and discover things about people that might help us better understand them and why they behave a certain way, mm-hmm. why they don't behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we get to know each other better, we're more likely to know how we can pitch in for each other totally. and what we can ask of others and how we can really make the team work mm-hmm. to the best of its ability. So, okay. That's yeah. the last Ted Lasso point for the day. Yeah. I think we need to think of all these things, like all the different teams, so to speak, in your life. My students were talking about, you know, girl on girl crime. I say that as in mean girls, like, when Tina Fey was like, who's, it sounds like we have some girl and girl crime here. Anyways, they were talking about like girls and the cliques and whatever. And I said, the unfortunate thing is that women don't realize that we need to have each other's backs until we're like older and we are brought up to think of other girls as like either competition or they're not in my group of friends or to be real catty and whatever, because that's just how threatening our society, our movies, all that crap are. And Mm -hmm. once we realize that like women, holy crap, we need to stick together to be a part of this bigger team that is fighting for equality and all these other things. And to be able to walk home without having to go missing and all this BS that's in the news the sooner we can make a difference in the world, but we don't get to that point until so much later in life where like, mm-hmm. dang, let's listen to some Spice Girls and have some girl power up in here because we have to work as a team and then include men within this team for women's rights because men have to know and children have to be raised to be taught how to it, 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 it's just insane to me. But the point being, if we are judgmental and clicky and all these things, instead of curious about like, oh my gosh, she's just like me. That's another girl. Like we could have friend or a friendship or whatever, instead of like, mm, she wears that skirt and I don't like that skirt because she looks like this. And so she's not going to be my friend. And then, oh my gosh, 20 years later, we're realizing, hi, we need girls to support each other and not be little biatches. So think about these teams in every aspect of your life, whether it's just being a woman or, or a man who needs to, you know, understand that maybe women are capable of doing more than, than once thought, you know, ask, ask for help. And standing up to other men to be like, yeah, treat a woman that way or, Whatever, like think about your 
daughters, your sisters, your mothers. You probably have respect for them. I mean, hopefully. So why wouldn't we treat everyone that way? Right. And that also goes for women should not disrespect men. Like I was on a rant and I do not believe all men are misogynistic, horrible people. (laughs) But I was just really feeling undervalued and under... Appreciated. Mm. Not appreciated, but like under mind of what I could accomplish. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Because I, do. I don't I have a wiener. <laughs> right. Which, good, that's, I, mean, I am, I wouldn't want one, but personally. <laughs> <laughs> so, however you're looking at teams, this could be like your family. Do you think of yeah. your family as a team? Yeah. Because as parents, we hope and pray and try to highlight our, our our kids as individuals, and this is what you're good at, and 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 getting to know each other on a more personal level, and encouraging our kids to get to know each other on a more personal level because they're they're not just your siblings; like they're human beings, and we all want to be treated with love and kindness, and we're a team. And so, mm-hmm. if you know, Susie wants to go out on Saturday night, but Sally wants to have friends over. Susie needs to help Sally clean the basement. Maybe you can listen to some music while you do that. Maybe someone should take, should take the dog for a walk so that the dog doesn't eat the slippers again. Or, you know, it's just, we, we just have to, and I, I get it. I remember being selfish, like as a teenager and not really wanting to do the chores that I knew I had to do. So why complain about them in the first place? But um, when well, I think it's all how it's, how it's communicated too, because when we talk to our kids, like we want we, to have a really fun weekend, and in order for us to do that, like we want to get this stuff done. Instead of so many of us were raised like it was authoritative, like this is your chore list. You have to get it done. I make the rules because I'm the parent, whatever. And I just think, and I'm not saying you obviously talk to your kids that way. Um, I'm just saying a lot of people in the world have or do. And so when it's treated that way, where it's like an authority and here's the hierarchy and you follow the rules, that's when so many people rebel and don't want to be of value because they're just like, I'm under you instead of we are a family team together. And we are going to work together to make this all happen and be great instead of like, these are the rules because they're the rules and because I said so. So deal with it. Exactly. I think when we go about it and even talk to our kids, like this, we are a team, like this is our family and we're going to work together. And that I think just gets a better vibe for the house. Right. Right. It, yeah. It's a constant battle. I mean, kids are, they, they want to be right and they want attention. And, but at the same time, the sooner they can learn that by treating other people the way they want to be treated, starting at home, I think the, the better off they'll be for both successes and disappointments along their journey of life. So, yeah. And well, when we raise them to feel like no matter what, we are their people that have their backs for through everything. Like we will not turn our backs on them and our love is not conditional. Then they feel more free to try and to be independent because they know, wow, I have this amazing safety cushion of like love and people to lean on if this doesn't work out and stuff. And so I think the more we as parents and as siblings and whatever, like work on not having that conditional relationship with people, then the more people just feel safe to try things and to do better and, you know, not be scared of stuff. And then one thing that I have to talk about, which has just been driving me insane, and I really want to have a full episode dedicated to it with someone coming on probably, but I've heard this so much during the pandemic and it irks me to like my deepest being. And I'm sure you've heard it a lot. And I don't think people are ill-intentioned when they say it, but it's like putting a band-aid on a shitty situation. And it's the saying of kids are so resilient. And I need people to 
just think about it if they are tending to say that or if they hear it from someone because to me this feels like some form of cop-out BS excuse and to just like dismiss what kids are going through and I've heard it in so many different contexts like they're so resilient they can handle virtual or they're so resilient they can wear masks at school or they're so resilient they can move on from parents getting divorced and what it's just all these things like I feel like it's just thrown out there as like well kids are so resilient they'll be okay Here's my question. If kids are so resilient, then why are we as grown-ass adults all seeking self-help books? Why are we all... (laughs) Yes, and I believe that therapy is great for everyone, but why are we so desperately in need of it to process the stuff we went through as kids that we are so resilient to and weren't affected by, and now we are unpacking it 30 years later? Mm -hmm. So... I just encourage people to stop putting that Band-Aid out there to make themselves feel better because I truly think that's what people are doing is they feel better by saying it so that they don't feel that either what they're doing or what's happening in life is having a very big impact on their children. And it is because... Well, and there's other ways to phrase things. Like... Like All of this should be impacting your kids. If your kid is not impacted by virtual school, by having to do hybrid, by wearing masks, by a divorce, by fighting in your home, by losing a home, by having another baby. If your kids aren't impacted by that, then are they robots? Because like kids should be impacted by all of those huge things in life. They have feelings and emotions and maybe kids then like bottle a lot of stuff in, which is how I was as a person. I would like just absorb it. I don't want to make an issue of it. So maybe I seemed resilient as a child, but I was just like burying down a ton of stuff as a kid, which I know a lot of adults do, because when you don't give the space for kids to not be okay with something, to like have anxiety over a situation, to be scared about going to school because the shit we see in the news all the time should make kids scared to go to school, like Stop calling kids resilient to just put a band-aid over it so that they can't feel and express and be hurt and be worried and all these things that we don't want to deal with as adults. Yeah. I can't stand it. I think when you said, I think people are like have good intentions. Mm -hmm. I think that like for me personally, people used to say a lot and I would hear it a lot um, when my sister died that Connor and Danny, who were 10 and 8 at the time, like, well, the good news is they were young and kids are so resilient. And it really didn't bother me because it kind of empowered me to just do the best job I could raising them. Mm -hmm. Like, but looking back, I think the meaning was clearly they're, they're doing, they're doing better than, than one would think. And so it's like, like for me personally, I have to remind my kids half the time to take their masks off in the car. I'm more amazed by their bravery and their courage than, than I think that they're just resilient. Right. Um, it's, it's just something that, that they've more or less gotten used to, but now we talk about a world where we don't have to wear masks all the time. And it is such an exciting possibility to them. And my daughter, who's seven, um, and I know you're going through some stuff with your seven-year-old too, but she has like a like severe anxiety when we talk, when anything is mentioned about testing for COVID, because she knows that it is uncomfortable and it hurts and she's afraid of herself having to get tested. And so it's kind of like a taboo. We just try not to really talk about it, but, but when we do and she gets really scared, we have a book, um, we, we talked, we talked to someone or some, my husband was told by someone, let them kind of guide that feeling and experience and, and ask them, what is it that would, will help you with this or whatever. And I'm not saying that's the right thing for everybody, but we kind of have our go-to magnetiles or something else just to get their mind off of it and talk through it if they want to. And if she doesn't, then I don't, but kids, kids are amazing, but they are human beings too. 
and they're learning and growing and probably hiding because they don't know how to express Mm -hmm. their true feelings. So we just need to, I think, be a little bit more cognizant of that. Way more cognizant. And teenagers also, like my students, the amount of work, not even for these little kids, because little kids sitting on, and everyone's situation is different, I know this, but little kids sitting on Zoom calls for six hours during the day, like that just seems like an impossible feat for whatever. Then you have the teenagers. Also, we are told as adults to literally take breaks every however many minutes and go stretch, take a walk, whatever. But then we send kids into these settings and we're like, go to class, go to class, go to class, go to class. Oh, here's your lunch break. Go to class, go to class, go to class. You don't get a break. You don't get fresh air. You don't get to go take a walk. Why do we expect kids to thrive in these conditions when we know as adults we can't? Like, I know for certain I could not stare at my computer for six hours straight and be fine. No. Like, I would lose my dang mind. And then to be tested on all that stuff, and it's just insane to me how we expect kids to be able to do this, and we as adults can't do this. And are so obviously teaching each other in self-help and all this stuff, personal growth, you need to get outside. You need to get fresh air. You need to do this. You need to have community. You need to, and we teach our kids the exact opposite. And it just drives me nuts that we're like preaching this happiness and joy for these adults. And then our kids whose like brains aren't even fully developed yet. We're like, "Mm, sorry, it's just how life is. You got to deal with it. And then we wonder why we wouldn't expect them to all need major help and therapy in the future. And Mm -hmm. I just can't stand it anymore. So if you're saying it, think about what you're really saying. And if you're hearing someone say it, maybe say like, but are they really that resilient? Or like, should we be giving our kids a huge freaking pat on the back? Because they have done amazing things this year. And if their grades aren't amazing, yeah, we were in a pandemic. Like, that doesn't mean that kids can't try and whatever. And, like, Danny has improved his grades, all this stuff. But if kids are struggling, well, duh, so are adults. Like, and that should kind of be normal because we're in a pandemic. So, like, give these kids some freaking credit for what they're going through that we as adults would not be able to handle. I'll tell you that right. if I were in high school right now, I would not be able to handle it. Like I no. wouldn't. And no, I don't but know. that's such a good point. I, and I think even without the way the world is right now, I mean, even if things were quote unquote back to normal, um, I try so hard to remember what it was like to be a teenager. And sometimes my frustrations outweigh my ability to, to do that. Mm-hmm. But yesterday uh, was like, it's, it's very rare that my high school boys come home after school because they play lacrosse and baseball and they're very busy. And, um, but due to the wind, they had a day off. And so they both came home and then they were going to go to my parents for dinner at five 30. And Rachel hadn't had a walk yesterday because I was personally really busy. And then she rode with me to carpool and, um, you know, one thing led to another and they're supposed to be able to pit and they never can take her for a walk. So I asked Danny a little bit after he got home, I said, hey, before you go to my mom's, would you please take Rachel for a walk? She could really use a walk. And he was like, could I relax for a little bit? And I was like, who? Yes. Like, I love that he was able, instead of just like protesting it with me, he was able to let me know, like, I need a break. I just got home from a really long day at school. Um, And I'm not patting myself on the back for that because Danny is just a kid who's able to express his feelings. But if we can just learn from that and remember that, you know, not, not to say your kid should be taking a nap for two hours after school. I'm not saying what's healthy and what's not, but we all do need breaks. And just because they're teenagers doesn't mean that, that they, that doesn't mean that their TV time later constitutes a break. Like we just need to remember that everybody has different needs and, and if we want to make the team work at home, we need to we need to treat our kids the way that we want to be treated in return. So yeah, and I'm also you remember that, that like our version of teenagehood is totally different than it is now with these kids. And I feel so bad 
for them and social Me media too. and the constant comparison and pressure, pressure and BS that goes along with it. It's like they get out of school, but now they are engrossed and addicted to these apps that are telling them they're not good enough or they don't have enough likes or like, oh, you're pinned as the funny kid or you're pinned as this kid. Like it is doesn't shut off for them. When we got mm-hmm. home from school, it was shut off unless like you were calling someone on their landline to be like, can I talk to Susie right now? Right. It shut off. They are never shut off from that whole world and comparison and all this stuff. And it is so sad to me that then adults then on top of that don't give them the space to be tired, be upset, be anxious, be any of these feelings. They're like, oh, toughen up in my day. Well, BS in your day. Your day did not exist like this. It never happened. These kids know way more than we ever had access to. So stop. Like, and treat them as the team, not just as like these inferior beings in your house. Right. Or around you, if whatever, they're students or whatever. Right. We have to remind our kids too, and every household's different and we're not great at this. They, they are up too late. My boys are up, they're up late. They just are, and they don't get enough sleep. And so I get annoyed if, you know, you have to take a nap at seven o'clock because for me, like maybe I got up at four 30 to work out today and I'm still going strong, but I'm also 30, almost seven. And I have worked really hard to get where I am and they're still figuring their stuff out. So if you're not willing to take the phone away, then, I mean, you just have to look at it from, from both sides. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. It's yeah. going to make the, the team work at home better. I also definitely think as a parent, you have to, like see, I said, take, like you have to help control their access to some of the, like some of the stuff that they won't shut off because they are kids and they want to be connected and they want to feel this, whatever, like we have to be able to set boundaries that are healthy for our kids and our family. So it does not mean like, just let them do whatever they want because whatever, it's just like work as a team and do what's best for everyone in on the team. Not just what's best for you because you think this thing, but really what's best and letting their, them express their feelings and talk about their feelings. And you too, as an adult, talk about your feelings to your kids because they model what you do. They're not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you are showing them to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of the most frustrating thing for me about the talking about this, Mm -hmm. and if I were listening, is like, I feel a little guilty. And so what do I need to work on? But the awesome news is like that you can, and I'm not saying tomorrow's promised, but if, if you want to, then you can, you can listen to, you know, Hoopla is an amazing app that you can just put in your, go to the library. If you don't have a library card, put in your library card information and there's tons of free resources. Mm -hmm. And I like to go back and forth between podcasts that entertain me and then like fictional romance novels, because that's just who I am. And then these books that really help me think about why is my child acting this way? And like, grunting whining when she doesn't get her way. I want to get to the bottom of this because the way that I'm reacting to it makes me feel like crap. Right. And so if like we can get to the bottom of, of how to have better lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also just need to remember in terms of teenagers, something that other moms have told me that just make me feel better is it's not personal. Right. Like, I see it on Facebook all the time from, you know, like these mom groups about like my teenager just doesn't want to hang out with me. On our last doctor notes, you know, like the typed out the, this age, da, 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 da. it says, if your child shares a room, make sure there's a space in your home or a place that they can go to be alone mm-hmm. because they need that. And it just kind of makes me feel so much less alone. And it also makes me feel so much better. And I know I got closer with my parents as I got older and it's all going to work out, but we just have to be, be nicer people and better yeah. Ourselves. And seeking of the value in everyone, just regardless of how old they are or their experience. And also or how naughty just, they are. Yeah. Just when you them. talked about the books, I just want to also say this because, you know, it's me. But there's so many books out there that I think are wonderful. But 
That does not mean they are the holy grail of anything. And you need to take, I always say, everything with a grain of salt because some of the best books that I think for moms, like self-help and whatever, I don't believe they always give the best advice when it comes to your kids. I think they are very much like, yes, moms, we can have our joy back. We can have our lives back. We can go after our dreams and not be chained down to what society has told us and whatever. I think that's super great. I really do. But then when some of like the after social media engagement, when it's about their kids is like dismissive and like, I need time to myself to, you know, put my air mask on first and all this stuff. I totally get it. But when you take it so literally that like, shove the kids aside so I can work on me, then all that does is restart the next generation to have to do the same thing. Instead of like, I'm going to pour this into then my next generations that maybe they don't have to get to the place where I am as an adult and then their kids won't have to do that too. Do you get what I mean? Like, don't let it just stop with you and be focused on you because you want to work on yourself, which I think everyone should want to work on themselves. That's not my point. My point is just don't take so much of this like as the holy grail of what you need to listen to without looking at the bigger picture of your family and parenting and kids. Because I think a lot of the advice that some of these books give, which is great advice, can be taken that way of like, well, kids are kids and whatever. And I just think a lot of people have made a lot of money making women feel really good and strong and powerful, which is amazing. And that motherhood is kind of like a secondary type thing. But unfortunately, we have the responsibility of the next generation. And so if Mm -hmm. we aren't putting that responsibility into that also, on top of bettering ourselves, but like then transferring that into the next generation, then are we really doing that great of a job? Right. Totally. You get what I mean? I totally get what you mean. I, I love it. I just think we, we need to think about that and take everything with a grain of salt. Because even some parenting books, which some are great, some might not be what you want to do with your kids. And like, you have to read it all, learn it all, and then take it exactly. with a grain of salt. Yeah. With a grain of salt. This book I'm listening to, it's called Ignore It. I've, I'm very, very early in. But I love how in the beginning of it, she says there's there are tons of ways to parent. Mm-hmm. And my methods and ideas are not for everybody. Mm-hmm. They are simply suggestions based on my observations. And this is, you know, I have this doctorate and da 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 da. And she lays it out there like, please don't, if this doesn't work for you, don't, don't stress out about it. Mm-hmm. You got to do you and you got to live your life. But here I was worried we wouldn't have enough to talk about today. Oh my and God, I, I, I said this resilient thing needed to be its own episode, which I think it will, because it's just super important to me, because what good are we doing if the next generation is just going to have to go through the same stuff? Right. Well, and when we're talking about teams and all the different types of teams that we listed, we have to remember that we're raising people, some of us are raising people, who are going to be a part of, of teams, and, yeah. and so we're, we're putting our work in to these, these people and trying to help them be the best that they can be, knowing that hopefully they'll go out and whatever, whether it's for a group project or they're going to run for student council or they're going to be the captain of the football team or the chess master of America. I don't mm-hmm. know what that title is called, but um, all we can do is, is, is keep learning and growing and the best that we can do. Yeah. So there's that. And everything's really a team if we look at it as a team for work, whatever Mm -hmm. you're doing for work, that's a team. Like work might seem miserable, but I mean, not our work, obviously, but (laughs) some of you may have a job that you just don't like going to. But if we can kind of transfer our thought of like, okay, here's our goal. This is our team. And like everyone remember that story of like the custodial engineer NASA. Yeah. And he said, I'm here to help put a man on the moon or whatever he said. And he was a part of the team. And it's just so important that wherever you are, you can have some pride in your value that you bring to the greater thing. And the greater thing could be 
your job. It could be your family. It could be just the freaking world. Like, what are you doing to be a team player for this whole country, the universe, whatever country you're in, the world, the whole mother nature? Are we ruining our planet? Yes, we are. That's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) So, like... Oh, there's so many ways we so need many to ways. be a team player. Um, I don't think we have time to talk about our our personal duo teamwork, but maybe that could be its own episode too. Um, first of all, we always have time to talk about it, but yes. Have you really not heard Rachel barking this whole time? No. I feel like her bark is going to be the soundtrack of this whole episode. I can't. I can hear my kids' footprints above my head, but I can't hear her barking. Well, I guess we'll see when you uh, take a listen back. <sighs> sure will. I love every team, minute of it. So I'm going to not, not come down too hard on her for her behavior. Yeah. I mean, know. in other words, she's I'm going to let her out of her crate and let her you know, she, go outside. She's pissed right now. And she's saying, get me out of this metal chamber of doom. Right. Okay. So guys, dream, dream work, dream work makes the dream work and think about what value you are bringing, what value you seek in others to bring, how you can work together, all the good stuff. Yeah. Live our best lives, guys. Detroit our episode a little bit, but. Not really, because it really all does relate. Very important. Yeah. And that no member of the team is less valuable than you. Whether that member of the team is your three-year-old daughter or your dog or your 95-year-old grandmother, you know, we have to start thinking of each other way better and with way more respect and with way more value than I think we do a lot of the time. Yep, because your team is only as strong as your weakest link, so you should build build up every link in hopes that even your weakest link... Weakest link gets stronger and in turn has more confidence and feels more able and all, all the things of the whatever. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. All right, guys. If okay. you found value in this episode, please share it. Tag a friend. Drop us five stars. Drop five stars and um, yeah, share it with people yeah. you know and follow along and subscribe and all that good stuff to and go watch Ted Lasso encourage others to learn and watch Ted Lasso also. Okay, great. All right. See you later.